Boilermakers do it! They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five. The block by Purdue, and the Boilermakers are moving on! The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Corey Palm with Dave Shondell. Coach, uh, an exciting weekend. Uh, well, Thursday, Friday, not really a weekend, but your, yeah. your road trip to, to Kansas was eventful. Boilermakers come back with two uh, two heart-stopping wins. Uh, let's just let's go ahead and go through the competition out in Lawrence. You started uh, you started last Thursday against the host Jayhawks, and uh, you knew it was going to be a, a dogfight going in, and, and that's exactly what it turned into. I've taken a couple of trips to Lawrence, Kansas before. This is the best trip that I've ever taken. Um, just great, great memories of, of the way we play and the way we competed. Uh, we get opening night, the home opener for uh, Kansas, and, and they've got a talented team. Um, they're going to do very, very well this year. Um, they had more talent than I expected. They're, they got three or four pin hitters that just bring the heat and they were rotating different players throughout the weekend in those spots. Um, middles weren't quite as productive as their pin hitters, but they got a really good setter that runs the show. Um, local kid here played libero. Yeah. Reagan Burns did a great job for him. Um, we tried to put some pressure on her with the serve, but not enough to, to break her down. So um, just a, a match that went right down to the very, very end. And I thought we were down and out at one point in time during the match. And then uh, we get into that fifth set and we take take a nice lead. And all of a sudden they come storming back. And we tried to win it at 15-13, but um, there, was a, there was a touch apparently on the, on the block. And there was. Uh -huh. it was. It was a good call. Then um, we, we hammer a ball that gets a piece of the line. And after about an eight-minute review, it comes back that it didn't hit the line, even though everything I've seen on volumetrics and on the, the screen that we were looking at showed that it did. Um, but nonetheless, it, it went their way. They tied up. We get the next point, and then we finally win a rally where they do hit a ball out of bounds, and there was not a touch. So um, just one of those – by the end, of the end of the match, I'm just out the far end of the court just – waiting it out to figure out what's going to happen, let the players play and, and, and determine it. But uh, I, I was such a great win. As you know, we lost a couple of tough ones the weekend before, ones that I didn't anticipate necessarily losing. We knew Creighton was going to be very good. We knew, Lo knew Loyola would be good. I thought we'd win those at home. But we are young, yeah. and I think that's – that's why you like to play young teams if you got a veteran team because you feel like you get into those kind of matches, you might have an edge just with experience and knowing how to play in, in those circumstances. But uh, we grew up uh, in about five days. And you know, we played on Sunday here against mm -hmm. Loyola. We're playing on Thursday there um, with one day of travel. But our kids just – they just decided they were going to be better uh, than what they were the week before. They didn't like that losing. And uh, so great, great win against um, – Kansas and we had a lot of people step up and it was it was fun a lot of fun it was one of those matches I've said for years uh, that I don't know how you take the emotional swings inside a match and this was this was the epitome of that set one was one pretty handily by Kansas set two was one pretty handily right. by the Boilermakers set three 25 16 it's like, 
what, what is going on here? Then you guys turn around, 25-19 in control, all of set four. And then, you know, so I say all of that to say this, the way your team responded and what you just said, basically having to win the match three separate times, mm-hmm. having it change. In front of then, a full house. In front of a full house, all the adrenaline, right. everything. Okay, we just won. We're celebrating. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, reset. We just won. We're celebrating. Wait a minute. Yeah. How did they reset that that well, quickly to, to, to respond? I've talked to you and anybody else that cares to listen um, that we have some incredible competitors, and they narrow their focus. Um, didn't show up quite as much when we were at home, but it definitely showed up uh, in Kansas. And, um, you know, we... The good thing is, you know, we're young and not a ton of experience back, but we got a lot of players that can play. That's true. And if you've been tracking us and you know how our coaching staff operates, you'll probably be surprised how many players we're actually playing because we try to, you know, figure out who our best team is and normally go with that group. But, um, you know, off the bench came two freshmen, redshirt freshman Lizzie Carr, true freshman and a setter. Taylor Anderson, and they were terrific in that match against Kansas. They fought, they competed, and uh, j- just did a tremendous job. And, and again, just kind of one of those that took that, the wind right out of you because it was such an emotional match. But then we turn around and have a short time short because that, that next match is earlier in the day than yep. the other one was. So we got it, which is good. I mean, we had to, we had to come back that night. So you kind of like to, to play a little bit earlier so you can get out of Dodge and, yep. and come back home. And Dodge is not that far from Lawrence, Kansas, by the way, that's, Dodge City. That's true. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we play a Marquette team that I know is talented mm-hmm. and experienced. The entire roster, with the exception of the Little Barrow, is back from a team that went to the Sweet 16, beat Georgia Tech in the round of 32, took a game from Texas, who kind of just, you know, rambled through the tournament mm-hmm. last year. Um, so I, you know, I knew that they were going to be tough. Plus, they're going to be fresh. I'll, you know, I mean, do the math. They're preparing for Purdue. Yeah, they're coming for in four or five days. The way the weekend worked, that was their first match yeah. of the weekend. And we had four or five hours to prepare for them. Right. Fortunately, they were kind of similar, except the tempo of their offense was much quicker. And so we had to, you know, prepare our kids to adjust to that speed that they were going to be running things. But again, they were kind of a pin-oriented team uh, when they were really playing well, and, and we had to try to do the best we could. But they, they're good. They're going to win. A, they're going to win 20, 27, 28 matches matches this year. There's no doubt about Roll it. Through the Big East. And uh, well, I mean, Creighton's in there, but sure. Um, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, but again, we, we you know we brought people off the bench when things got a little bit a little tough. Lourdes Myers had a good match, her best match of her career against Kansas. Um, you know, we've been kind of, I wouldn't say platooning, we've been starting Lourdes Myers every match, but Lizzie Carr has been, you know, ready to go at any time. She's another outstanding, you know, middle athlete. And uh, But in the match against uh, Marquette, Lourdes Myers hung right in there. We did a lot of changes with our lineup. After we got our, our lunch handed to us in the first set, yep. we were not able to stop their right side player. And so we've, we made a little change in our lineup. I'm not getting a lot of detail, but that put a little bit better block up uh, against what was happening on their right side, our left side. We contained that a little bit. Um, and then we actually rotated, changed our lineup again as far as where we were starting and, and how we were putting people on the floor um, after the third and also brought Taylor Anderson in again. 
Um, another great uh, performance in that match was Emily Brown. I talked about it at the press conference. And, you know, the lineup that we're playing right now, because our left sides are, are really skilled athletes, they play all six rotations. Yeah. And that's, that's something I'm not sure I can remember us ever doing, having both of our left sides never come out of the game. But we've incorporated a pretty good offensive attack um, with them hitting out of the back row some when, when they are back row players. Uh, but it only allows us to use a libero and one defensive specialist. And we, you know, we've kind of gone with uh, Skimmerhorn most of the time at, at libero, and then uh, Allie Horning has been a mainstay for a couple of years for us mm -hmm. um, and has the experience. But all preseason and into this season, Emily Brown has just been tougher than nails. And I told her before the weekend that I'm going to play her. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to play her. I'm going to get her on the floor Find because she's earned that opportunity and didn't play a bunch against um, Kansas, but I got her in against uh, Marquette, and she was every bit as good as she has been, and I thought she changed the match. She gave us stability in passing. She served the ball extremely tough. She made defensive plays. You know, she played two years to libero at Missouri, and um, she knows what she's doing. And it's just so nice to know that we've got another player that can just come in and be as cool as a cucumber in those tough situations because those were really serious situations yeah. and uh, in the terms of volleyball. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so happy the way that, that she proved everything I thought she would. One of, the, one of the key ones you're talking about was the end of the fourth set. You guys are down 23-18. Uh, you take six of the next seven points. To, yep. to force it into extras. More with her on the floor and with mostly her with her at the service yeah, line. Exactly. She it came was, in, she served. And it was funny I, I, that she hadn't served, mm -hmm. I don't think all season, but she hadn't served in that match. Yeah. But she played a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was kind of an alley spot. Allie was, was, was playing fine. But, you know, again, I, I wanted to give a Brownie an opportunity. So I went back and I said, are you okay serving in this situation? And, again, we're down. We're down. I'm thinking – you know, seriously thinking that we're, this may not go our way, yeah. all right? But I still want to make sure – I don't want to put her in a bad situation mm -hmm. where she hasn't served and she goes in and doesn't doesn't serve well or makes the service errors. And I said, you feel okay serving in that spot? She said, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And she went out and, and served – changed the game. Yep. Literally changed the game. We don't win if we don't play her. Comes in at, at <laughs> serving 22-24 and uh, serves an ace. And then you, you fend off another match point – to make it 24 all, uh, they get it. Marquette gets another match point. Um, that 25, 24, and then and then you guys rattle it off uh, to, to close out the fourth set, 29, 27. Yeah. Take the fifth set going away and and, uh, and. Well, I wouldn't say we took the fifth set going away. It was 17, 15 <laughs> again. We were up 12, eight. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, it looked like maybe we were going to take it going going away. And that, <laughs> and that's funny is at home we're up 12, eight against Loyola, and we find a way to lose. Yeah. Um, on the road against a neutral opponent, um, we're up 12-8 and found a way to make it close, mm -hmm. but also won the match. And um, just two great wins on the road. And I, I don't know that in regular season play, oh, probably a couple of years ago, we went on the road and beat Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota. Yep. That was pretty significant. But I don't think it was back-to-back. -back. I think there was a day in between there. Between, yeah. Here to play – you know, two matches all within 24 hours. And uh, we just needed those wins so, so bad, at least in my opinion. Um, and we got them. And so now now we got to figure out what are we going to do this weekend. One last thing before we get away from yeah. from last weekend. Uh, I was following along here and I texted a friend. 
night one when you were headed to fifth set. Well, we'll see if this team, we'll see what this team learned in the last four days. You yeah. got another five setter. Well, you've played back to back five setters, and like you said, you know, won each of them by by the slimmest margin possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think the team did learn in those interceding four days? Well, um, Coach John talked to him before um, the first match that weekend and talked about our passing was not good enough. Um, that we were falling on the floor, we were playing what I call reckless abandon. Yeah. You know, passing is a very controlled skill. You shouldn't go to the floor ever mm-hmm. uh, if you're passing, unless it's just some kind of an emergency play. And we were, as he put it, falling like trees. And um, they didn't like to hear that. You know, our players they have a lot of pride in their game, but it had to be said because uh, our passing a couple of those matches last week was just not Purdue-like. And so to come back out this weekend, we worked on it really hard during the week, and then um, continued to watch tape of us last week and point some things out. And I just thought we passed so much better, um, and that allowed us to be an offense uh, much better. Uh, I thought Eva Hudson, you know, as we've talked about before, had a, a long break during the summer where she couldn't uh, – we felt like after all she had done the previous year, she needed a break. Mm-hmm. That came from our medical team, and, and I concurred. And so for really seven weeks, she was out until 15 days before our first match when we started practice. Yeah. And so to expect her to be in you know all America form in our first weekend or even our second weekend would have been – asking too much but we kind of ask a lot from Eva we do yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she was she was significantly better um, and then last night practice was the best she has looked uh, in my opinion um, since this year began that's great to hear that's great to hear there's an old saying in golf that you you drive for show and you putt for dough and in volleyball it's kind of you you kill for show but you pass for dough like so many matches come down to how your yeah. back row players handle yeah. that initial touch First ball and, contact, yep. they call that, yep. And I always thought it was, I always think it's interesting that, you know, a lot of times, you know, there are scholarship limitations. And a lot of times some of those background players are not on much assistance, yeah. but the matches will come down to them. It, it, um, it takes all of them. Yeah. In our sport. The whole team. Yeah. The whole team. Well, we're going to get uh, to previewing this weekend uh, right after we take a little break and hear from our partners at Franciscan or about our Partners from Franciscan Health. We'll be right back. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. All right, Dave, uh, you got to turn the page like like we always have to in, in sports. The You're as good as your next competition, and, and you've got some really good competition coming in this weekend with a fun event, uh, I think fun multi-year event we've talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. SMU. Uh, you start, thing off, start things off with them on Friday, and then you'll get either Houston or Kentucky on uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. and you know either way you're going to get a great match. Yeah, three teams ranked in the top 25. Um, all four teams have lost some matches. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky actually got swept in a home-and-home event with a really good Pittsburgh team. Pittsburgh was impressive. Yeah. Um, and Houston was upset by Texas State. That surprised me. And then SMU, did I get that right? SMU, I'm not sure who, who knocked them off. But they're all coming in off of losses, which that doesn't make me feel good, okay? Because I know – Sometimes it's not who you play, it's when you play. And, mm-hmm. and um, they're all going to be, you know, loaded for bear when, when they come up here because they're not going to be happy about, you know, what happened last weekend. But 
all good teams. I know SMU was picked to win the uh, American Athletic Conference ahead of Rice and some other really good teams in that league. And um, we've watched a lot of them, you know, on tape, and, and they're athletic. They got they have good arms, and um, you know we will we'll have a plan that I'm sure we'll adjust periodically during the match, but um, we'll be ready for them. And then if we win, we'll play. We're going to play at seven o'clock both nights because the host team has that prerogative yeah. in, in this tournament. Um, but uh, Kentucky and Houston, I think, will be a really good contest, and um, it would be nice to be playing at seven o'clock on Saturday in what would be a championship match. But it'll take some some more improvement from our team in the last couple of days of preparation. We'll have a full day of practice today, and then go light tomorrow, and then be ready to go on Friday. Set the, uh, to fill in the blanks, SMU had a nice win over Florida State in Tallahassee yeah. last weekend, and then and then dropped one to Auburn in four sets. And Auburn is in the top twenty-five. Yep. Okay, so uh, and they were really good last year. People just didn't quite want to believe in Auburn because for decades they were not very good. Yeah. And um, now that you know, new new coach came in and brought a lot of positivity down there, and uh, they were good last year, but their non-conference schedule was chopped liver, and uh, and but they did pretty well in the SEC, mm-hmm. and now this year they they they've I think earned even more respect. So Auburn's. A legitimate squad right now. I watched them a little bit on tape as they were playing SMU. So I, you know, I've watched them compete, and, and we know Kentucky very well. We played them in a spring match. Um, basically, both teams have pretty much the same outfit. Um, I think they've got a true freshman that wasn't there at that time, and we have some true freshmen that weren't there at that time that will be playing. But um, they're athletic. They've got a right side player that's tremendous, uh, as does um, SMU. Uh, I think again both. Everyone we've played, for the most part so far, has been really, really good on the pins, and they've had right-side players that have caused some trouble for us. So we continue to work in practice on improving our ability to defend um, you know, opposite attackers, right-side attackers, and slide hitters. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're making some progress. SMU also has a match uh, uh, Wednesday night. They take on Baylor at home. I saw that. I saw that a good Baylor team, a really good, yeah, top fifteen Baylor team, and then and then the Mustangs have to hop on a flight, you know, to get up here in time for our match on Friday. Like, that's uh, that's asking an awful lot. That's pretty confident yeah. in their team, you know. I think that they recognize that they they their schedule is really tough, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to just win their share. They they don't have to worry about going five hundred because in their conference they're going to, you know, take care of business in their mm-hmm. conference. And probably, you know, I'm not sure how many conference matches they play, but they're going to win 750 or 800% of those um, for sure, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can they have the they can risk playing some really tough competition and, and just find ways to get better. Yeah. I mean, for them to play Baylor and then come here and play us and then play either Houston or Kentucky, they're going to find out, you know, what they need to work on. And that's the thing that I keep telling people with the schedule we've played. God, if we'd have been playing our, a, a, a non-conference schedule like a lot of – Big Ten teams or Power Five conference teams are doing. We wouldn't know anything, yeah, like we know right now, mm-hmm. and we know what our weaknesses are. I mean, it, it's jumped out at us, and so we've been able to try to address those things and maybe make some lineup adjustments and diff- different things to help us. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's benefited us. I don't like being three and two. I'd rather be five and zero oh, sure. or at least four and one, but we're sitting at three and two, and it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll continue to. Adjust and, and tinker with things and, and try to build confidence and, and you know make our team better. Um, but our our players compete and again we were good last night 
uh, in practice, and, and we need to need to just keep getting better with the schedule we're playing. A lot of times when you schedule a preseason or a pre-conference tournament like this, you might bring in one really good team. Mm-hmm. So you've got two great, you know, two very good teams, and two you know maybe middle of the pack teams. You kind of have a feel for who your winners play winners match is going to be on Saturday with Kentucky and Houston being you know both very good teams yeah. you know you're going to get a great match you don't know who it's going to be yeah. how does that affect your prep this you, week you prepare for both of them yeah because it's a, a crap shoot I mean I think on the surface history indicates Kentucky is going to be a really good team that's mm-hmm. you know accustomed to to, to winning um, and they've been here before I don't know when the last time University of Houston came and played at Purdue. Um, uh, I, I just don't know. Bill Walton, not the Bill Walton you know, but the Bill Walton that was a great volleyball coach at Houston way back in the day and is a, a nice friend of mine. He may have come up here at one point in time. I just don't remember if he did. It was, was before my day. It may have been back in the Carol Dewey uh, regime. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think you just, you know, you're going to prepare for all three teams. And our focus right now has been heavy on SMU. Um, and that's where mine will stay. I'll have a, another couple guys that will be looking at, at the other two okay. um, and getting ready for them, and then we'll see them play uh, early you know, on, on Friday and have, have some time then during the day to, to get ready for them as well. But mostly our focus is getting ready for SMU. Yeah. Um, so that's the focus on campus this week. I've always wondered, I mean, it's – you got high school seasons going on, uh, and there's the recruiting aspect mm-hmm. in season. And I know, I know, uh, Kathy and Carrie handle a lot of the the logistics of the the back end of recruiting. How does yeah. that work at, at this point in the season when you know you're trying to spread the love without yeah. getting too specific here with in season recruiting, in season prep, and everything you got going on? It's situational. Okay. And what I mean by that for our listeners at home is how many recruits do you have to, to get? Okay, we're, we're virtually done with the kids we can talk to. Okay. Okay, the rule is you can't talk to an athlete until June 15th prior to their junior, junior season. Year, right. Okay. And um, what we did is we got, we got a couple commitments. I can't go into detail mm-hmm. about that, but got a couple commitments. We really had another spot, but we didn't get the people that we felt like we needed. And we have full knowledge that they have this thing now in NCAA called the portal. Yep. And we think that with the kind of players that we have and the success that I believe that our, our program is going to have in the next few years, it's going to be an attractive place for somebody that decides to go on the portal and fits our needs that we might be better off instead of chasing our fourth or fifth tier recruit after we might not have gotten one, two, or three because they went to schools that were closer to home or just better options for them. Sure. That I think we're better off to wait and get a more experienced player to come in to plug in to that situation. Now, the current sophomore class, we have to be paying a lot of attention to. But again, we don't have a lot of scholarships. We True. have in our right now in our freshman class, we have six scholarship athletes and a partial yeah. type scholarship kid. The class right above them, I think we have two. Mm-hmm. So eight, eight scholarships are in, in those classes that you're that 
we would be looking at ready to recruit. Yeah. So that you know we, we have some action there, but really the the class that we recruit next really heavily would be the freshmen, current freshmen in high school right now. Doesn't mean we're not gonna. I mean things happen. You know there is a portal. Portal doesn't always mean people are coming right. in. Portal so, might mean people are going out. Two way street. Uh, doesn't happen here very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if if that's what's best for the student athlete, then 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 I'm, I'm all for it. Um, so. Um, but that's right now. Recruiting is not a, a great focus of us. I, I like to go out and watch the players we have coming. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got uh, I think four um, new kids that will be here next year, and then we've got two following year that we have already, you know, gotten verbals from. Right. So uh, I like to watch them play and get out and see them to see how they're progressing. And 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 you need to do that. You need to let them know that yeah. you still care about them. Show the love. Yeah. Show the love a little bit in so much. I know in, in volleyball and so many sports, so much is dependent on club success and, and, and club then performance. The other aspect of that, too, I was going to get to, but I've talked too much on something else. <laughs> this is a team right now that needs a lot of our attention. True, yeah. We've got a lot of young players. We can. Uh, I told them the other night, I think it was well, uh, Tuesday morning when we practiced. No, Monday morning we practiced. Monday morning, yeah, because of the school. And I said... What team in America can improve more than this team? I mean, we've got tremendous talent, and we're really young. So there's a lot of a lot of room for growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just look at it, I mean, I th- that's just common knowledge, right? I mean, if you got talent, and they're young, yeah. and they haven't been in this college game, this college environment, there's a lot of room for growth. So our job is to really help them with that, and they help themselves to work hard, stay focused. Get better, see the, understand what they need to work on, and our job is to help them, you know, get there. So that's another reason why we're not out chasing people all over the country. Um, but we're already really young, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of scholarships that we have to offer right now. As a matter of fact, there's none that I could offer right now today. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where we are. How much do you that make any sense to you? Totally. Yeah. Okay. In fact, it led to another question. How much do you have to change your approach from year to year? It's something like that. Okay, this is a young team. It's going to require oh, yeah. more hands-on approach. Versus it doesn't. It doesn't matter what year it is. There's a there's a different way to deal with your your team every year. Um, you know, our we have a unique setup right now. We got two grad students. We have one senior. We have two juniors. We have about three or four sophomores right. eligibility-wise, and then this group of eight. That's kind of odd it's a, it's a little unbalanced a little bottom heavy right as far as age wise um, so I, I think that it, it's important that we're helping the, 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 the veteran players how to lead you know I don't like to spoon feed anybody I, I want them to figure stuff out that's what college is about mm-hmm. um, but we're, we always are here to help them w- with that if we see it going the wrong way then we're going to you know step in and try to give them some guidance on what, what they can do Got all these young people, six people the first time on a college campus. They need a lot of attention, um, not just in volleyball, but in all aspects of what they're doing. But again, a lot of that is or stuff that they just have to figure out on their own yeah. as well. So, uh, but every every team would be different. I mean, every single season you look at it and you figure out and you do a lot of that thought process during the off season. How, what are we going to do differently this year to get this group to become a great team? Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh... Once again, preview on the weekend, 7 o'clock each night, Friday and Saturday. You guys take on the Mustangs from SMU. The uh, Friday, Saturday will be either Houston or Kentucky. Uh, you can watch all the matches live on Big Ten Plus if you can't make it to Holloway. 
Um, any final thoughts before we? Yeah, we have the best student section in, in the country, in all of America. And uh, they were great that, that first weekend, three matches strong. And um, we lost a couple of those. And our kids felt bad about that. But man, we need those people on that wall. We need the, the block party here on, on that um, north wall uh, to, to make noise because they set the tone for the rest of the people in there. Yeah. And they're, I said it before, they're a show of themselves. They're worth coming to watch mm -hmm. just to see those guys. And is there a better ticket in America? No. I mean, penny for penny. <laughs> Uh, than coming into Holloway Gym and watching our volleyball team and watching that block party in action. So I, I encourage everybody to come out and, and make some noise. Uh, no home football this weekend and um, two great matches. I mean, you're going to say three top 25 teams, another one that's knocking on the door that's picked to win a really, really good volleyball conference. So it should be some great volleyball. Looking forward to it, Coach. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the Beeland Court boards Friday night. All right, Corey. Thank you. Yep. Boiler up. Hammer down.